you know, if you were to listen to this episode with no prior context about the Jacksonville Jaguars, you'd probably get the impression that we are a bottom feeding team uh, with a recent uh, Jesus Christ, ESPN. Ugh, that was so loud. God. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. This is Bentley and I'm joined via call by Ased after the Jaguars nail-biting 23-21 loss to the New Orleans Saints, the the Super Bowl aspiring elite Saints. Uh, we just lost by two in this riveting game, Ased. How, how is this game sitting with you? Man, one of the best defenses in the NFL, and the Jaguars only lost by two points. What a game. H- had a blast watching it, really. From start to finish, it was just very exciting game, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, it was it was awesome. We were we were helmed yet again by our consistent, reliable, uh, you know, the there the the potential is limitless. C.J. Beathard, who completed 9 of 14 passes for 121 yards, two touchdowns, an immaculate passer rating of 131.3. Just so much to be excited about. So much, man. I mean, they should have just named him the starting quarterback today, I would say. He's outplaying everyone. Most controversial news by far today, right, is why Beathard wasn't named uh, starting QB for the Jags. Actually, everyone, we are being very sarcastic. This game was an absolute <laughs> fest, and the Jaguars didn't score more than three points until very late in the fourth quarter. It was f-ing weird to watch Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew supposedly battling it out for our first string QB spot, uh, both muster up a field goal. And that that's pretty much what they did the last week, too. Not a lot to be excited about. Beathard's streak at the end there is probably just like the preseason version of garbage time points, which can actually apparently almost win you a game in the preseason. <laughs> yeah, per- pretty much, yeah. But wow, man. I was uh, waiting outside. Uh, I was at a sports bar watching the game before heading into a concert. <laughs> Wow, that's how you enjoyed the game. That was intense, man. I was watching it um, mostly, mostly without audio, which uh, I learned my lesson the previous week about that. Yeah, you um, did. Although, although when I rewatched with audio, hey, it was you know f-ing impressive that these national commentators knew our roster better than Brian Sexton. But I won't go there today. Please, please don't start. Jesus, don't Jesus start. <laughs> I know you want to. Vo- voice of the Jaguars, the voice of the Jaguars. You know, you've only had twenty five years to do it, right? True. Yeah, but I mean, did I did I miss anything there? Did did I were there were there like, you know, bright spots among the blemishes I just passed over? There were bright spots, Bentley. A little bit, you know, they were few, but there were some. You know, Trevor Lawrence had a few good throws. You saw him get out of the pocket and kind of, you know, play some backyard football, which they kept referring to um during the broadcast as well. I mean, baby steps is that is that a good way to look at it an optimistic way to look at it 
because it does not look good. The play calling kind of looks bad too. I'm not going to lie. I'm hoping that'll change when the season starts. Wow. Our offense underperformed so obviously and on the nationally televised Monday Night Football that the pro football focus, uh, which has a has a daily podcast, um, the PFF Daily, which is actually really cool. I, I personally just recommend people listening to it. It's nice to have a 10 to 12 minute episode you can just blaze through on the on, on a commute or something, you know, unlike our. our <laughs> That's true. Yeah, <laughs> which is a lot longer. But they railed on the Jaguars. Uh, they basically the episode was more or less titled "Is it time to panic over Urban Meyer and the Jaguars?" And the argument they put forth is that it looked like we had no offensive production. I've seen someone on Twitter describe uh, our offense uh, that night as archaic. Oh, and that the exciting thing that to these commentators, the thing that's excited a lot of people is that the Jaguars appeared to be packaging with uh, LaVisca, with uh, Travis Etienne, these it's kind of like trick plays, gimmick plays that could actually result in a lot more ex- offensive explosivity. And we haven't seen any of that. None. And then there's just these like, uh, you know, classic holes in the team. Um, offensive line is the one most people are pointing their finger at. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of talk about defensive backs as well. And that's true. So we were kind of like a, a, a laughing stock on a national NFL podcast uh, as its sole topic <laughs> two weeks into the preseason. I mean, <laughs> not even like week five of the regular season. You know what I'm saying? They're talking about us. That's that's great news, man. I hear about us <laughs> all over nationally. Isn't that the goal to be talked about? doesn't matter if you're good or bad. Who cares what the reason is? <laughs> okay, man. Listen... There's holes, obviously, yes. And, I mean, we're missing starters on the offensive line, so that's obviously going to factor in, correct? Now we lost a different running back. James Robinson looks like he can't find any space out there. I don't know what the issue is. I just think that they are hiding the whole playbook is what it seems like almost. What's it seem like to you? That's what it seems like to me. They may be hiding the playbook. That would ease a lot of fears if we hop out on the first drive against Houston and, you know, score a touchdown, then I think a lot of these criticisms will be silenced immediately. <laughs> uh, I do agree, offensive line, a lot of our starters were missing. I think we're especially nervous about Jawan Taylor uh, and Cam Robinson and not too sure yet about Walker Little. All of those people have been tossed around as left tackle and right tackle possibilities. I guess Cam more left tackle strictly, but... So that's a it's a major hole, and I think Cam and Jawan Taylor collectively allowed for something pretty high, like uh, twenty eight sacks last year together combined, if I'm not mistaken. And that is not a good thing. <laughs> not a good number, and it's a little scary that maybe Urban Meyer didn't prioritize offensive line the way he could have, and it might be too big of a gaping hole, pun intended, for us to really muster together any decent offensive production. Okay. Mm. All that said, my main question for you is, why the disconnect between training camp and preseason performance? 
because we have a lot of, let's say, bias in the sense of like fans perspective. But we got a lot of different people that have shown up at the Jaguars training camp and there really hasn't been much negative criticism. I mean, yeah, things are really rebranded with the whole Urban Meyer own it philosophy and everybody's all hyped up because we have new leadership and the possibility of a new future for the team. But mostly people were walking away from training camp talking about like nitpicky shit, you know, like is Colin Johnson going to be a starting receiver or not? We've seen some cool things out of training camp, you know, like, oh, LaVisca looks elite. This is awesome. It's going to be exciting. Like, oh, man, like, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Minshew are like almost interception less and throwing seven touchdowns a day in training camp. <laughs> None of that appears to have translated to the real football field of the preseason. Why the disconnect? Well, first of all, it's it makes you a little worried as a fan that, you know, you hear all these good things coming out of camp and then when it's time to come play, you know, the real game where the W's and the L's are decided, they look bad, man. They look like crap. And it's obvious that this defense, especially the secondary, is probably bottom three. They're definitely bottom three. I, I would say probably the worst Worst corners in the league. Worst uh, secondary in the league. And when our receivers, who couldn't create any separation uh, on Monday night, are playing against those guys, they they probably think it's easy. And then when they go play, you know, legitimate cornerbacks, they're having a tough time, man. I was... Uh, Pete Prisco kept bringing it up. The receivers could not get any separation. You know, when the camera goes to the receiver after the quarterback throws it, the dude is just smothered on our receivers. Smothered. LaVisca can't get open. A DJ didn't play. No one could get open, man. Even Marvin Jones couldn't get open. Pete Prisco says we're slow on the outside, which I agree with because LaVisca's not known for his speed. DJ has some speed and Marvin Jones has some speed, but we, we, don't, we don't have a lot of speed on the outside, man. And it's going to hurt us. And on top of that, we have no tight ends. We put n nothing into tight end because we... Why? Because Tim Tebow? Look how many good tight ends were in free agency. Hunter Henry and John New Smith ended up on the same team. You're telling me we couldn't get either of those guys? And now we're rolling in to the season with the worst tight end group in the NFL. And that's a quarterback's best friend, especially when they're young and they're coming out of college. There's a lot of holes, man. And then don't even get me started on the secondary, man. Did you see what Tyson Campbell did? I believe it was him. He was recovering for whoever was covering uh, the receiver originally. But just a stupid penalty. And they still caught it. It was the most Jaguar thing ever. The broadcast didn't even know it was caught. They didn't even put the touchdown on the board for five minutes after the damn play happened. It was just embarrassing, man. Shaq Griffin, who's supposed to be our number one corner, he was getting burnt. Uh, I, I don't remember much from C.J. Henderson. The back end is not looking good. And this defense is not looking good. I, Miles Jack, I, I, he stood out to me. I thought he played pretty well, but that's given. Other than that, man, it's not good. I mean, to be fair, that uh, touchdown catch was pretty nasty, man. <laughs> that was a great throw by our boy Jameis. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was it was funny to see the Jaguars' absolute lack of offensive production. I mean, even our even our Trevor Lawrence highlights, and we can get into this now too. They, they they were, like, nice, right? But they were kind of just, like, standard grading, you know, replays, right? Uh, yeah. You know, he's he's scrambling and he gets the ball to the right target. He goes through his... His progressions? With, yeah. like, reasonable speed. I mean, 
not like amazing. And here the Saints are having their QB battle between Jameis Winston and a completely uh, underperforming uh, Taysom Hill, who apparently isn't even capable of throwing the ball more than 25 yards. Anyway, it was just kind of it was just kind of funny to see they apparently had this, you know, clear answer to their QB controversy and we had like <laughs> we had to like go under a microscope to to come out and say, "Oh yeah, yeah, Trevor still looks better than than Gardner." I mean, I, I'm exaggerating. I know some people were pretty hard on Gardner's performance and he he made a a, a really really bad uh, interception does not sit well but trevor lawrence man i mean do you feel better after watching this game i feel better than last week i would say i i do like that when he drops back and the pockets collapsing you see this big tall quarterback sitting in there sitting strong and still keeping his eyes down the field that's what i really like about him and then when he had to scramble he did don't like the decision he made. He went for the first down in a preseason game where he had to put his body on the line where he could have easily slid and been, been short and the drive would have been, you know, over. But you got to respect it, man. He's really going for it. I like that kind of stuff. I know it's dangerous, especially for a franchise quarterback. But it's nice to see. Like, we know he can run. We're going to have to see it when the season starts. So it's nice to get a glimpse of it for sure. And we saw that throw when our backs were against the wall. He was rolling out to the left, and he hit Chenault. That was a it was a pretty good throw. I, I know you said it was a little low, but that's a pretty damn good throw. And he he also took one shot to Chenault on the outside, a deep ball, but Chenault was just smothered in. It wasn't going anywhere. But he took the shot, man. He could throw more than thirty yards, unlike Gardner. It was nice to see. I I feel a lot better about him, and I'm I'm really not that worried about him personally. It's not him that's worrying me on this team. Uh, I want to ask you about some bright spots of people who are kind of on the bubble. Is there anyone that you're that, that like in classic preseason fashion actually made a nice case for themselves to to stay on this team that otherwise would have been cut? Anybody kind of coming to mind with that? Is anyone coming to mind for you? I can't really think of anybody. Maybe maybe Damien. That that's about it though. I mean, my impression is that compared to previous preseasons. I, I really don't think anyone's performing that well to where they're sticking out. I can ha- I have a couple exceptions, but I don't even know if these are fair because the both of the examples I have on offense are are receivers. So we've got Josh Hammond, who, if you remember in that first game, had uh, I guess a couple sizable receptions. Yeah, um, that were so long that. Uh, you know, Brian Sexton had some time to look up his name and figure out that he played for the Jaguars. <laughs> right? Uh, yep. Another one is uh, Jeff Cotton in this game. Um, went kind of apeshit. Yeah. And and caught uh, several balls. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, you know, you, you say those names, but we both know that they're going to be cut. So it's like... You know, when you, when we look at these preseason games, like, oh, that guy's going to make the team and he's going to be good. I, I guess we're a little spoiled because we had James Robinson last year. And, you know, he ended up being maybe not a star, but a very productive player. I don't think we have that. And, I mean, everyone's playing like shit. So there's not really many bright spots. So, yeah, that's exactly like those guys. I mean, I don't know if they're even in a serious conversation about making the team. No way. 
on defense, someone who I, I wasn't aware of before was uh, Chappelle Russell, who's like a second-year player at linebacker. He had, if I'm not mistaken, like a, a big tackle. And then he had that near interception where the ball just got a little dislodged as he was falling to the ground with it. I thought I, he had some great energy. Man, in terms of Urban Meyer's <laughs> evaluatory considerations, he, he would probably pass the test just on his uh, gusto alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But who knows? Who knows? Yeah, we'll, we'll see when roster cuts happen because they have to cut down again, right? They're, they're going to probably stick with the rookies they picked early in the first like four rounds, you know, and just wait it out and see what they got. But there's really no surprises. I thought maybe Tyson Campbell would be a surprise, you know, two weeks in. I was wrong about that. I'm getting kind of sad talking about it now. Yeah, I know. I know. And we may need to take a commercial break here to, to grieve. Another sad story is Travis Etienne. Our late uh, first round pick, so our second pick in the first round this year, who lined up as basically running back you know, slash receiver with Clemson uh, alongside Trevor Lawrence. He led the ACC in, in, in rushing for the, his career. He, ha- he holds the record. Wow. But he also has this like frightening amount of deep reception, uh, big explosive uh, playmaking capability. That he suffered a, a broken foot. He he's he's out for the season. I didn't even expect this watching the game. I saw him on the sideline for a bit. I had no idea it was this big. Yeah, you're you're probably telling speaking to all Jaguars fans right there, man. I thought everything was going to be okay. Turns out it wasn't, and it's a real blow, especially because you know he's a first round pick. There's there's a lot of guys on the board. I'm not saying you know ETN won't be a good player in the future, but to miss your rookie year, that kind of sucks, especially for running backs. They usually do their thing in the first year, and the second year is a tough one for them. Maybe because, you know, players have seen them before. But it's going to be a tough road to recovery for him. And I think it might make it tougher on Trevor Lawrence because that was kind of his buddy, you know, going through this whole process of being in the NFL with him. He's not going to have that anymore, at least on the field. It's going to hurt. And now you talked about his big playability. James Robinson is not that kind of player. And I think that's why ETN was drafted because, you know, they're good in different ways. And now we only have James Robinson. It's a bit concerning, but, you know, you can look at the bright side and say James Robinson's going to carry the load again. And let's hope he does something close to last year because last year was phenomenal for him. If he matches that, that's a win in my book. A bit of remorse here over ETN's injury. It is, it is just sad. Yep. You know, it's exciting to see these two guys play together, um, Lawrence and Etienne, both first-round picks, and both having played together at Clemson. It's one of many uh, quarterback and receiver, if you can consider Etienne a receiver as well, pairings that happened in this draft, and this was going to be a really fun one to watch. And uh, Maurice Jones-Drew also had uh, a broken foot, the same fracture, I think. Damn. We were just so excited to, you know, see him out there and see what he has to offer for sure, especially because we were so surprised that we picked him in the first place, getting another playmaker. Just sucks we don't get to see him, man. I feel bad for him. Can't be easy. You know, I'm sure he was very excited to play his rookie year too. But now we got we got to change everything, man. I mean, a lot's going to change. The playbook's going to change too because I'm guessing they were planning to use him quite a bit. 
But I also noticed we did not, you know, LaVisca has not lined up in the backfield or anything like he did last year, right? So far in these preseason games, which is, uh, that's a little bizarre to me. But maybe they're saving that, which is why I think we're saving our plays because we don't see LaVisca doing all these all these crazy plays like he did last year, unless that's not what Urban wants. Well, no matter how many plays we had for ATN, he's out with a list Frank foot fracture now. So that's a, it's a big loss, a big loss for us. Hopefully we can see LaVisca realize that potential through a lot of plays design uh, for him. You mentioned James Robinson. James Robinson now will definitely be getting a heavier load. I saw some on Twitter was saying some shit about like Carlos Hyde and James Robinson <laughs> sharing carries 50-50 or whatever. No, that's not going to happen as long as James Robinson's healthy. Yeah, I mean, it should not happen at all unless Urban's playing a favorites again. And James Robinson was announced in the NFL Top 100 players, which um, you're talking about the gaping uh, absence of Miles Jack there. Yeah, man, it's it's a little disappointing, wouldn't you say? I I mean, I thought Miles Jack was one of the best linebackers in the NFL, which should put him in the top 100 i'm looking at some of the players and i'm thinking they are not better than miles jack even if they play a different position they are not better than him and this is voted on by players so maybe a lack of respect for miles jack around the nfl or just maybe a lack of respect for the jaguars just in general i mean you know we we're here in colorado there's three broncos in the top 100 and i did not see that coming but to James Robinson, congrats to him, man. He landed at 100, which is it's, it's a great accomplishment. Really cool for him. The funny part was, uh, you know how they do like the interviews of different players, you know, hy- hyping up the player who, who they're talking about? Yeah, so they usually have um, like guys from other teams, you know, like, oh, this guy's so hard to tackle. His route running is amazing. And it's a guy from another team. There was no one from another team, you know, like, talking for James Robinson. It was only Jaguars players, which is kind of funny to me. If you were a newcomer to this podcast with no context about the Jacksonville Jaguars, you'd probably pick up on our frustration with the team being a perennial bottom feeder for the most part. The idea that we have a change in leadership here that we're wondering if it's actually working out. Yep. Um, We've got our uh, top pick number one pick in the draft quarterback that we have high hopes for and we have one player in the top 100 who i'll be honest i'm a little surprised he even got voted in there maybe maybe at the expense of some other people that should have been there but uh, from the jaguars i mean yeah. yeah i i agree and we also have national attention entire podcast episodes dedicated to us being in a state of panic so I posed to you, I said, the question, are we bad? You know, Bentley, I'd love to say we're not bad. <sighs> I think I think we had too much time, you know, because if you asked us three, four months ago, right after the draft, man, we would have been like, oh, no, this is a new team, new culture, new guys, number one, number one pick, generational quarterback, got a playmaker in Travis Etienne, James Robinson was already great. DJ Chark's going to have a recovery year. LaVisca's only going to get better. Colin Johnson will only get better. The O-line will hopefully only get better because they're all returning, you know, same guys, good chemistry. And the defense will be fixed by Urban Meyer. And we drafted people in the secondary. We signed Shaq Griffin. Things were looking up. Bentley, we are bad. I think we're bad. 
I mean, in preseason games, we're playing against seconds and thirds, and we still can't move the damn ball. It looks like classic Jaguars going three and out, first possession of every game. That's two straight games we went three and out. And then we're letting the opponent score on the opening drive with ease. And they're just moving the ball, you know, easily, easily on the Jags. I don't think this team is really ready, but we we don't know because we don't know what the play calling is going to be like. We don't know what the energy is going to be like. I don't know. We could be in the dark about all this, but judging from the preseason games and what we've heard, we look like a, you know, bottom five team, a hundred percent, especially on defense. We're probably the worst defense in the league and our roster is not very good either. All right. Follow-up question. Is Urban Meyer a disaster? It's too early to tell. Definitely won't make a decision now. It's only preseason. You got to let him get acclimated with the whole NFL lifestyle too, man. This guy's a college coach. He doesn't know how this goes. I would just give it time. As Aaron Rodgers said, relax. We can panic, but let's just relax for a few more weeks and we can panic when we are one and three or something like that. We have all season to panic and be down on ourselves. Right now is not the time though. We're still zero and zero, right? At the end of the day. Yeah, and I think the word panic here is, you know, it's not, it's beyond just our success or lack there of this season. It's kind of the idea of whether or not this Urban Meyer rebuild is on the right path. Yeah. Which has ramifications for the next several years. So not just, not just right now. So, I mean, panicking <laughs> this, anytime this year is kind of in the greater context of the next few years. I, I do want to have some, I, I give you some counter arguments here. I play the devil's advocate. <laughs> okay. And then you can come back and just own me <laughs> later. But um, I I will say I think we are not showing a large number of plays because Urban Meyer has specifically talked to this. Yeah. So that is good news, I hope. We have a ton of screens out there and players just running simple cross routes underneath. Yep. That... Doesn't look too complicated, and I really hope to God we've got a lot more up our sleeve, and that will come out looking very differently in the regular season. Next, on a similar note, Trevor Lawrence, I think, is better than he looks with us right now in the sense that he's new, he's fresh, he's learning as we go. So even the quote-unquote like the bad plays or the disaster plays or or, you know, the incompletions, everything is a, a very fresh learning experience for him right now. And I do agree that he's shown in terms of both mental and physical performance, he's shown enough to cast my fears aside. So I'm, I'm happy for that. And I think that's a similar thing that the preseason is kind of a time for experimentation and, and uh, trying out different stuff that, that you might you might fail, you might hit and miss on. And that when the regular season comes around... We, I think we'll see a different Trevor Lawrence as well. I think when things are, when there's big stakes, we're going to see something uh, even better than we've already seen in the preseason. And then offensive line, straight up, several people not playing. Uh, and I think similar kind of thing will happen in the regular season when we've got everyone back and they're playing with high stakes. I hope to God. So I'm going to, I'm going to respond and say, no, we're not necessarily like bottom five bad. And no, the Urban Meyer situation is not a disaster either, that there's been a overhaul on all aspects of the team, and we just need more time for it to, to gel. Yeah, 
I don't even know how I'm supposed to respond back to that just because I I do kind of agree with you a little bit. I mean, I know the roster is bad. I know Trevor's better than what he looks, and I know it's a whole new world for Urban and Trevor. So things are going to happen slowly. It is going to be baby steps for them. And I do agree, but here's my thing. Urban said the first preseason game, you know, the offense was vanilla. You know, they they didn't even try to move the ball really and that they were going to fix that for game two. It just didn't seem like it was fixed or, you know, they made a conscious effort to actually try to get the ball down the field. So maybe we're getting, we're getting played with and you're right. And we will, get, you know, use the playbook when the regular season starts and Trevor Lawrence will actually be a lot better than what he looks, which I totally agree with. I think they're being a little harsh on him right now. And I think they're over-exaggerating everything for these rookie quarterbacks, whether it's good or it's bad. So I think Trevor will be good. And I think the O-line, that's kind of a toss up for me. The defense is really my huge concern. I mean, even if we can move the ball and put, you know, points on the board, that defense can't stop anyone, and it's going to hurt the offense at the end of the day, I think. It's going to be a tough season. I'm just glad we opened with Houston. You know, it's a game to get our feet wet in a game that we, I mean, we should be, like, we have a chance to win the game. I mean, we're favorites in the betting world. So that's got to tell you something. Those bookies know more than we do. I promise you that. Before that, though, we have our matchup at the Dallas Cowboys for week three of the preseason. So anything as we look forward to the Dallas Cowboys preseason game, what what would you want to see there? What what is what are some questions that can be answered? Whew, that's a tough one. We we totally forgot to mention this, which I feel kind of stupid about. But Trevor Lawrence was named QB one going into Week one, which means he will start the game against Dallas in preseason. I can't believe we we missed that. Did we miss it? Uh, we I think we already knew it nine months ago. So that's why. Yeah, that that's very true. Hey, man, you were trying to give me arguments of why Gardner should be the the starter, playfully. But <laughs> devil's advocate, man, gotta gotta come from somewhere. But shout out to the uh, that Jaguars fan on Twitter who got like the Minshew picture as his profile. Oh, Darth Minshew! Special special shout out to Darth Minshew who appreciated our uh, Minshew commentary and <laughs> Darth Minshew. <laughs> Yeah, so I think Trevor starting and him being the solidified starter will help things. You know, the team knows who the leader will be. You know, there's no quarterback controversy. There's one quarterback, right? I just hope they rally around him. And I feel like I feel like Trevor will be more comfortable. He knows he's the starter. He knows it's his team. And it's his third game, man. It's, you know, every game you expect him to get better. And I hope I hope to see him, you know, get better and see some things we didn't see last week. Or the or on Monday and the week before, and we see it this time, you know. And he's gonna play a little bit more too, which is nice. And we'll see, we'll see if Urban opens up the playbook for him a little bit, a little bit more, at least. Other than that, man, it's just a it's just another preseason game, right? Let's get us to the regular season. I'm contemplating going to that Houston game myself. Yeah, or you could just go to the Broncos game. Wink, Ooh, wink. Yeah, in Jacksonville. Interesting homecoming. They're both gonna be W's. I'm calling it right now. We're we're starting off two and zero. We're starting off two and zero. I will say, if we win the Houston game, it changes the course of our season. I agree. I agree. I mean, you could have said that last year. We started off with a win, but it's different this year. <laughs> I think that if we start off different. the game, it is such a confidence boost for everyone all around that it'll result in like a difference of like at least three more wins on the season, just from the 
that Houston one. Just the confidence we get from that. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, winning that first game, especially with like a whole new team, they're gonna have that. You know, they thought they thought we were gonna suck attitude. We should be excited and you know trying trying to look at at the bright side of things. Just because it's going to be a fun season, we had the number one pick. Every everything's still good, man. It's all good in Jaguar. Right, you're you're way too optimistic. Uh, but we'll see how things pan out. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Drunken Jaguar. This is an SB Nation big cat country podcast I'd like to invite you to leave a review for the show uh, and also to follow us on twitter at junkin dragwire where you can find our latest attempts at sarcasm as well as updates on episodes yes sir thanks for joining us go jags go jags Zoom call. It's not Zoom call. F*** me. Uh, I'll restart us. Cool? Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. This is Bentley and I'm joined via call by Ased after... Jesus ESPN. Oh my God. <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> God, this is like the ninth take. All right. I promise this one's going to work. Three, two... <laughs> 